May the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. Jesus set his face to Jerusalem, and on the way he healed people, invisible people made visible. He told stories and answers to questions, like a lawyer who wondered what he had to do to inherit eternal life. Jesus used an accursed Samaritan to teach him what loving God by loving your neighbour looks like. Stories of lost coins, lost sheep, lost sons, showing God's immense love. He saw invisible lepers and healed them, and used the accursed Samaritan to teach how to love and give praise to God. He saw little children. He flummoxed a rich ruler who also wanted to know what he had to do to inherit inherit eternal life. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor. And in answer to who then can be saved if not the rich, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. As he came near the end of his journey, he entered Jericho and saw and healed a desperate blind man. There was another there in Jericho, a wealthy tax collector, chief tax collector. To be so rich, surely he had to be corrupt. Anyway, he was a collaborator with Imperial Rome, stealing taxes to pay for their army. Unclean, loathed, belittled. He was keen to see this Jesus, but he was short, and no one was willing to make room for him. They shunted him away, this dirty little thief. They blocked his view. So he ran down the road, and throwing all his non-existent dignity to one side, he climbed a tree like a boy. They would not stop him seeing this phenomenon, and he waited patiently, invisible to the crowd below, until Jesus arrives. Zacchaeus, my friend, I see you there. Come down at once. Today you and I will share food in your house. But as he scrambles down, he hears the muttering and grumbling. How come this wretched, loathsome crook gets the honour? Why is he blessed? He is so undeserving. And Zacchaeus responds. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded any one of anything, I restore it fourfold. Or Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, 
Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. And Jesus responds, Today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. Jesus sees the invisible, the despised, the lost. Who do we see in the story? That day was salvation day in that home. What is salvation in this story? And given that, which translation speaks to you? The present tense, I already do this, or the future tense, I will do this. So there's three questions. I invite you to turn to your neighbour and have a conversation. Who do you see in the story? Who do you see? Jesus sees, that's one of the big themes in Luke, seeing people. What is salvation? And how does that help you choose which of those translations? The present tense or the future tense? There's no right answer to that. It's just a massive debate, as you can see, that they've even translated it in both tenses. So you can have a minute or two or three to talk to your neighbour about that. All right. So how'd you get on? start with the salvation question. How did you understand salvation in this story? Or did you all just skip to the last question? <laughs> Being made whole. It's a good start. Hmm? Okay, forgiveness. Well, they never promised to not be a tax collector. No, he was a horrible old tax collector. That's different to a nice one. Right, so you're going with future tense. Absolutely. Future tense over there. Yes. All right, so salvation is forgiveness and therefore future tense. And there's a lot of people, including the NRSV and the NIV translators, that would agree with that. But there are lots of translators and lots of Bible commentators that would not agree with that. As we saw, RSVs in the present tense. Stephen? Being a tax collector since the top he wasn't actually stealing the money. He wasn't being like a bad person. This is the job he was given to do. Uh, yeah, tax, well, tax collectors didn't get paid to be tax collectors. 
So they had to provide Rome with X amount of money, and then they made their living on top of that. So, uh, so the amount of money they could make on top of that was pretty much up to them. So one of the commentators says, a chief tax collector is pretty much like a mob boss. Um, and it's kind of like a protection racket that he's running. You pay and we don't hurt you. You don't pay, we hurt you. So... Right. Yeah. Any other comments? One of the people I read, um, she describes salvation in this story as. Well, salvation is the presence of Jesus and salvation happens when Jesus sees the unseeable. So, he is unseeable, but Jesus sees him. The lepers were unseeable, but he saw them. Children were not supposed to be seen, but he saw them. All through Luke, Jesus sees people, makes them visible. And what happens after that, we don't know, but... Suddenly they were seen. People couldn't ignore them anymore. In some ways they were restored. So I kind of like the present tense. Because even mob bosses have codes of ethics. Um, certainly traditionally, the mafia. There were, there were ways that you had to behave and ways that you had to treat people and... Uh, who knows? He could have been an honest chief tax collector. This is this is how much I take, and that's it. And the assumption is that he's wealthy because he's a tax collector. But maybe he was wealthy before he was the chief tax collector. One of the commentaries talked about old money and new money, making the assumption that his money wasn't in land. But actually, it doesn't say that in the story. So there's all sorts of assumptions made about this person because he is a ta chief tax collector. We do it as well. <laughs> Indeed. It's challenging, but yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, he didn't become rich because he was Prime Minister. We're not US presidents here. So tradition has it that Zacchaeus became a bishop. So there you go. Don't know what you do with that. So to become a bishop, the people Well, some people. Yeah, like the Christian community. Like we have this vision of the Christian community being very large, but it was very small and. Um, but it does mean that within the Christian community he was respected and was made a leader. I mean, bishops in the early church is not bishops as they are today. They didn't flounce around with lots of robes and purple shirts. They were... Not that I said that out. 
Maybe I'll re-record this at 9.30 before I finish. <laughs> but they were, they were just simply one of the leaders within that community. Today we are also remembering All Saints, All Souls. We've kind of smushed those two together, which was two days ago. Well, All Souls yesterday, All Saints the day before where we remember and give thanks for all who have gone before us. The great saints, most of whom have their own days. The unknown saints, which uh, was really what All Saints was about. It was all the saints who didn't have their own day. And then all those who went before us. And amongst the saints, the unknown saints, we would include maybe... Zacchaeus, all of whom, like us, like Zacchaeus, were invited to share table fellowship with Christ, with the risen, with the crucified and risen Christ in most of their cases. And so when we gather round this table here, Christ's table, we gather with them, the saints of the past and the present and we remember their faithfulness but I think more importantly we remember God's faithfulness to them that at all times they were seen by God no matter how bad it got like Zacchaeus they knew salvation salvation day in their lives in their time and we remember that every time we gather around this table, we join them, the saints. All those like Zacchaeus who Jesus saw, the invisible, the hated, the despised, all of whom were made visible again. Today we also remember our departed loved ones, who for better and for worse, have shaped us in some way. We recall the pain of our loss and we are invited to remember that God is faithful and has been faithful throughout. So I invite us to spend a moment reflecting on I think to go back one. What are you invited to see in the person or the people you are remembering today? And how has God been faithful?